as we are recording this, today is Mother's Day. Oh, shit. UK Mother's Day, oh, Mothering that's, Sunday. That's not a big deal. But you just told me that you think you're more British than me. Yeah, but when... I, so, when, have when, you got your mother something nice? When it suits me, I'm... I'm a local. <laughs> you're a local. Have you eaten any fish balls recently? No. You, you, you're better than me. You had seal mai on Thursday, and you probably had some yesterday as well. I did indeed. See, I've not had... I don't know. I, I tried to avoid the stuff. Dreadful. Mm. But it's just powdery shit. Oh, that's offensive. What? What do you mean it's just powdery shit? It doesn't feel like it's real meat. Oh, what? Like, see why? Yeah. And fish balls. Fish balls. Yeah, fish on. balls. Yeah, allow fish balls. Mm. But no, go to a better restaurant. That's how it is, though. It's not a case of whether it's good or bad quality. Whereas, you know, there's a good burger and a bad burger. There's no... No such thing Burgers as a- are like powdery shit as well, if you're going to go by that <laughs> definition. Buy different dumplings. Buy like hagao or something. I don't like hagaos. No? No. Still my I can do, but not hagao for some reason. Yeah, I'm not a big fan either. I like the turnip cake. Oh, turnip cake is good. I like the turnip cake. Well, you know, we didn't get turnip cake yesterday, but oh. me and Pat got tofu instead. Okay. Daofu. Is it daofu? Yeah, daofu. Daofu. I don't know. I can never tell if it's Hokkien or Cantonese. I don't know what I'm supposed to be saying anymore because my parents don't speak Cantonese, but some of the words are Cantonese anyway because, I don't know, it's like the dominant Chinese at the time instead of Mandarin. What's in Mandarin? don't know. You don't know? I was going to say something racist, but I shouldn't. <laughs> like, it's like ching chong, ching chong. I'm like, Ting, you are more British than me. Oh, I remember, have I told you I used to volunteer and we used to visit this old lady? You told me about the old lady oh, already. She was so funny and my friend was so... Embarrassed for me, for her, for everyone. Yeah, dealing with old people is awkward. It's also very fun. No, it's not fun. I'm, I'm going to stay well away until I am one and it's unavoidable and I have to hang around with old people. Oh, you never know, I might just die. I thought you were going to say I'd be really trendy and hang out with young people, but obviously, no, that would be too hopeful and optimistic. Uh, my dream is that they invent the cure for aging and I just become youthful and awesome forever. Um, you don't want to be a head in a... A head in a jar? Yeah. This has become a strange conversation. Yeah, not surprising, really. Nothing unusual there. It's become quite a normal conversation with this podcast. Yeah. Are we going to start the podcast? Yeah, it's, it's, we've hit a pre-chat lull. Welcome to the Levels Club with Ting Ting the Simpleton. Sorry, I shouldn't have said your name. <laughs> <laughs> and Sir Mike. Pretentious dear Cole. Extraordinaire. We're a book club for games, but not really. Some of the time. Well, it's like a book club where no one comes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it's not so bad, it's only just the host. <laughs> it's just the host. It's not just the host. It's, it's not... Wait, 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 wait. It's just... There's two of us. Yeah, so it's, it's like we've laid out a snack table, but no, no one uh, no one takes, and so we've just got to eat like a whole bag of celebrations on our own. Yeah, but it, at least they're... We can share it between us. It's not just one of us. It's not one of us. It's not like, yeah, imagine it's like having a kid's birthday party and no one turns up. And you've just got loads of jelly left over. That's not bad. <laughs> this not is a strange scenario. analogy. Forget this. Allow that. Yeah, but it's different. Oh, you do, because you have to bring gifts, don't you? Here you have to read, play the game. Read you have the to, book. Here you have to play the game and have an opinion on it. You don't have to have an opinion on it. Well, I think if people had no opinion, they'd have no reason to contact us. Maybe that's why no one talks to us. Yeah, because <laughs> a pretentious dickhole will judge you. <laughs> I'm very welcoming. 
I like it when people are wrong. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. And that's why you're happy most of the time. Oh, I'm not happy. As we said, it's all, it's all, it's all of a side. It's all because people sad. aren't wrong enough for you. That's why. <laughs> if there were people were wrong more often, you'd be ecstatic. Yes. Yes. yes like you can line up over there, and I'll explain what the problem is. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Sorry, I said I'm in a weird mood. I said I'm in a weird mood at the moment. You said I'm always like this, and I just don't realise it. So, who knows what the issue is? We've got good weather. It's almost. It feels like summer. Therefore, we're halfway through the year. Oh, therefore, the year is written off. Yeah, well, the year is written off. It's true. No, it's too warm. It's too warm. We're gonna have to run the air conditioner. Then we're gonna have to. We're gonna have the choice of either having low background noise or melting ice packs. Ice packs. Yeah. Well, we'll fill this room with ice packs, like some sort of ball pit. We could do an ice bath. Ice bath. That might work actually. If we had like suspended it over like a large like tray of ice, it wouldn't work. The recipe for a messy uh, flat. Yeah. But that's what's happened upstairs, clearly. Oh, geez. Yeah, they're so fucking noisy right now. I was going to write a note, like a slightly snarky note, and say, I can hear you from down here. But then I thought, and I thought it might just be rude. They know where you live. <laughs> they know where I live. Exactly. I want to say, snarky messages don't work. But it did the other it- day. It did the other day. Yeah, I sent a snarky message to the administrator of the podcast subreddit, and they sent me an apology. They were like, oh yeah, sorry. This is a small sample. It's an exception. Well, at first they sent a very, like, defensive one back going, oh, I think the problem's on your side, you know, you should do this instead. And they said, oh, actually, you're right, sorry. And I was like, yes! Vindication! So, the first topic... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, sorry, So say that again. So, the first topic that we had for this podcast was the 2016 backlog. So, you've made a good start to your 2016. Gaming wise. Yeah, so after I finished The Witness, I just decided to play a load of stuff that I had not got quite around to playing. So I finished Pony Island, which was actually really short, much shorter than I was expecting. Super hot, everyone's raving about it, played it, it's good. Uh, finished that too? I finished that too, it's only two hours. Finished XCOM 2. I played and finished a game of Master Orion, the reboot, which I didn't realise was out so soon, but it was, and I played it, and I was up till 5 a.m. because I Stupidly decided to start at 10pm and play the whole game in one sitting. When was this? Uh, that was last weekend. You yeah. played for three hours? I played for seven hours continuously. Okay. I played from 10pm to 5am. And at the end of it, I was like, yeah, that game wasn't that good. And then I was like, then why did I stay up till 5am? Maybe we should talk about each of the games in a bit more detail rather than just rattle them off as a list. Can we do that? Do you not want to talk about what you've played? Because we played some stuff together as well. Like, oh, you... we did. Okay, do you want me to talk about it as well? Because like, you don't seem to want to say anything. I'm happy for you to talk. Okay. You need to talk clearly. It's a day of talking for Sir Michael. I'm in a funny place. I'm hoping you'll say something funny as well. Yeah, yeah don't hold your breath. You've not let me down yet. Well, what do we do? We played some more Destiny, Taken King. Still just sort of vaguely turning through the story very slowly. No, no, we shouldn't. No, seriously, we should talk about a bit more about Pony Island and... No, okay, I will. I will talk about them. Okay, you'll come back. Okay. I'm going to come back. Okay, fine, fine. I'm just impatient. I'm going to come back. I'm kind of just going to carry on rattling through my list and then okay. it's going to be a nightmare to edit. Thanks a lot, Ting. We're going to put a bit of tension. We can leave the tension in there. The other main thing we played was the Division Beta. Beta. Yep. 
Yarp, which you were super keen on. You were like, oh, we should get the Division. You should play the Division. Uh, it's like a third-person cover shooter. I really love that. Like Military, war. military as well. And I was like, oh, I'm not keen. Cover shooters are just a drag. I like to run up and shoot things in the face. Third person, uh, fine. War. Uh. I'll give it a go. And then afterwards, I was like, actually, that was really fun. We should get it. Let's get it. Allow Destiny. Division's where it's at. And you were like, oh, I didn't enjoy it. The gun was too inaccurate. And I was like, learn to fucking shoot ting. You're such a... Short bursts. Thank you. It's not Destiny. Okay, okay. Yeah, you're just trying to spray and pray. The, 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 the opening guns just have really shit accuracy. You really can like, only fire like one or two shots at a time. It was painful. Is there anything more to say about it? Well, okay, so what else I want to say? The cover system was I, di- I didn't get used to it i didn't realize you had to hold down the the cover button to attach yourself to the next piece of cover you could the second you let go of that cover button it just says off oh, i'm just gonna stay here now i've you know i've no longer locked onto that piece of cover that was it basically you did not enjoy it but all the rest of us who were playing destiny together did enjoy it so we're all gonna get it and you're just gonna have to get it and suck it up yeah of course i will maybe once you actually figure out how to play it then you'll like it more Yes, I was, hey, I was expecting something more um, cutting. Cutting, yeah. Like you're a whingy bitch. Or, you know, once you sort out your... No, I don't know. I want an example here. I need a, a phrase was describing someone as truly inept. When you figure out your finger from your some other appropriate limb, you'll work out how to play... The division. That was crap. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really didn't know what to say. Isn't the phrase, you're arse from your elbow? Thank you, that's you it. When you don't know you're arse from your elbow. When you were, yeah. This is what happens. I thought you were British, Ting. I'm not the person who uses the phrase, when you sort, you know, figure out, you or can't, oh, fucking hell. Don't know what the verb is to do, for that phrase as well. What is it? Is it figure out, sort out? What? Differentiate your ass from your elbow. Can't tell. Can't tell your ass you from your elbow. Can't tell from your ass from your elbow. That's the saying. Yeah. Fucking hell. I'm just saying, I don't have to use that phrase a lot because I'm not that person. But it's something you say about other people. Yeah. So I don't say it to other people a lot because you're too nice. It's... But then you would say, but I'm sure people have said you've heard it enough times to know what. <laughs> to know. To know it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, pointless bitching aside. Ah, yeah. non-nom galaxy, we can move on. Non-nom galaxy, I quite liked it. Surprising. I don't feel like we have any idea what we're doing. Here we do. Collecting resources, putting the resources into the soup machine. Yeah, we're doing it all by hand. <laughs> I, don't think we've, I don't think we've quite figured out automation yet. I don't think the automation is there yet. No, I don't think we can do it yet, you're right. I did quite enjoy it. I thought it was quite good. Yeah, so you, you create... Tins of soup and fire into rocket, or put into rocket and fire it off. Don't know where it goes though. Yeah, that's the kind of game I like. Games where you like make big, complicated production lines. I should probably like get Factorio or something. I heard that's like the game for uh, make a big production line. Have you seen it? Yeah, it doesn't look very pretty. No, but that not should, important. That's not what's important, Ting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm shallow. Sometimes. I'm shallow too. All the time. 
Yeah, that's my problem. That's my problem. That is my problem, you see. So much subtext in this podcast. There's so much subtext. We had too much pre-pre-chat. We wasted like two hours of pre-pre-chat. You were late as well because, you know, you broke the system that I wrote that never broke. Uh, no. (laughs) What was it? I'm only kidding. You wrote it. It broke. (laughs) (laughs) I fix it. I maintain it. Now I'm going to talk more about the other games because that's what's on the fucking list to talk about. So Pony Island. Shorter than I expected. I really liked it, and then it kind of just never really went anywhere. But the premise for Pony Island, it's it presents as one thing, but turns out to be something else. Yeah, but it just wasn't... The reveal just wasn't very good. I mean, I'm not going to say too much about it, but it started out full of promise. I thought it was going to be really, really clever and keep, like, ramping it up, but it kind of kept raising the stakes. And then I think the point at which I stopped playing it was like the peak almost because then when I when I carried on if anything it just sort of like went and just like fell apart it it was very clever it was introducing more more mechanics and then it kind of just stopped introducing more mechanics and then trying to went a bit story heavy but the story wasn't very good I don't think so in the end kind of meh I, I was thinking this is amazing this is a 95 and now I'm thinking actually it's more like a 78 I don't know why I've gone all Metacritic. I blame you for this. It's a fun game. It's interesting, but it's not like a must-play. After all, I don't think. I think it could have been. But then it, it might also just be that I just didn't like the story. So there's a reason why everyone's talking about it in some abstract fashion, because you don't... If you talk too much about it, then there's no point playing it at all. Okay, fine. There, there were bits about it that were good, actually. I am being too hard on it. There were bits of it that were good, but it was not as good as it could have been. Like, the second 50% does not live up to the first 50%. There are moments in there, but it's just, it's not as good. Good. Skipped it. Skipped it, yeah. I won't force you to play it. Super hot. Super hot. You should definitely play super hot. It's super hot, super hot. Super hot. Super hot is super hot right now. Oh, it's so hot right now. I like Zoolander, which you refuse to see, because it got 3 out of 10. And even now, I'm thinking I probably won't bother going to see Zoolander either, because it got 3 out of 10. Even though I really wanted to see it based on the trailer, because the trailer made me laugh so much. But the trailer's probably all the good bits. Anyway, super hot. Yeah, super hot is super hot right now. It is really good. You should play it. It's only two hours long. Even you can manage two hours, right? But it's not a puzzle. It's a puzzle game, not a shooter. That's just some bullshit everyone says. It's as much a shooter. It's just a shooter where you have a lot more time to think. Okay. But it's not a puzzle game. It's, it's a shooter game. If your reflexes didn't matter. Okay. In a shooter game, there might be things you want to do, but you just know you won't be able to execute on those things. So you'll do something else. You'll do something safer. Like you're just hiding. It's like, a, you know, you know what it is, actually? You know why I like it so much? Imagine if you could run up and shoot someone in the face, but they're going to kill you because they got a fucking shotgun. But imagine if you could run up and shoot them in the face. And it doesn't matter that they got a shotgun because you can just dodge out the way because you're that fast. Well, your reflexes are that good. You can look at all the pellets flying towards you, see there's a tiny gap, and walk through that gap. Oh. Because those shotgun pellets are not going to move unless you're moving. Oh. That is the trope of super hot. Things only move when you move. So you've got as long as you like to look at it and think about what you're going to do next. Is there walk and run, or is it just... No, there's just one speed. I mean, things do move very slowly when you're not moving. 
if you stand there long enough, you will eventually get shot. But the only things that move at any measurable speed when you're not moving are bullets. People effectively just locked still. And that's why people are saying it's like a puzzle game, because it is a much more cerebral experience. You are thinking, well, I can shoot this person, and then they're going to drop their gun, and then I'll be able to pick it up and turn around and shoot that other person that I know is behind me. But really, it's an FPS that you have much more time to execute. I guess there's also a mechanic later on where you can swap into another person's body, and that kind of opens up some other avenues. I mean, some people like it, some people don't like it. There were some cool moments. There's a bit where the level starts, I've got a katana, and there's a guy with a pistol shooting at me. And I threw my katana at him, but so that it would land at his feet, walked in front of a bullet, and then swapped bodies. And then, as I swap bodies, obviously my original body gets shot in the head by the bullet, and then my new body just picks up the katana, and then just cuts someone else in half with it. So you can do cool stuff like that. You can do really cool-looking stuff. It's, it's like bullet time, if bullet time never ended. Super hot. It's super hot right now. You should play it. It's great. That's not a game idea right there. We should redo Max Payne. With that mechanic. That's super hot. It's been done. But super hot... Looks- Su- super hot was a game jam game. Super hot was a game jam game. And the mechanic was so good that they were like, we should make a thing of this. And they all quit their jobs and made it. I can't do like diving like John Woo and... Can you animate? No. Then you're no good to me. Now I've seen Super Hot, could I mechanically write Super Hot? Yeah, probably. But it's been done now. But you can do something better. Have you, you've played Max Payne, right? Yeah, I've played Max Payne. Max Payne with that mechanic would be much more fun because the environments are more interactive. Not really. And I guess Max Payne would, doesn't have melee, so be, you'd lose out on that. Yeah, Max Payne with a super hot mechanic would be quite good, you're right. Maybe not enough for an eight-hour campaign. No, you probably could. Moo. What about Moo? How was Moo? Oh, I was disappointed. <laughs> it's really funny, despite me saying, yeah, don't buy early access. And I saw it come into, uh, you know, it was early access, and I just bought it. It's because it was actually only 260 Hong Kong, which is just over 20 quid. It's supposed to be like 40 quid or 60 quid, I think. But in Hong Kong, for some reason, it's just over 20. So the regional pricing of Steam has really taken effect now. Everything's dirt cheap in Hong Kong. So I just bought it. Depends how much money you have, really, when you say something like that. Sorry, yes, you're right. I'm a privileged asshole. The problem with Master of Ryan remake and many of these other remakes is it feels like the things I enjoyed about the game are not the things they decided to remake. I think this is a problem for remakes in particular, but for sequels too. There are certain things you need to capture that make it a sequel to that game. And they've got all the trappings of, well, they're all pretending Master Ryan 3 just didn't happen, which is fine by me. I'm going to pretend it didn't happen as well. But they've got all the trappings of Master Ryan 2. They've kind of got the campy uh, news announcements. They've got the same species. They've got all the same weapons and ship parts, and the research is not a million miles away. But, mechanically, the game is totally different. They've really missed the point of the game, from my perspective. So, they're, they're saying, oh, it's great, we've got all these things, they're so well animated, we've got these great, amazing voice actors to, uh, to voice, like, your science advisor and your, you know, and the different race leaders. 
Yes, but that's not what was important about Master Orion. I really liked the tactical ship combat. I mean, for me, the tactical ship combat was what made the game. The whole rest of the strategy of the game was really just a vehicle to allow you to play the tactical ship combat and to give you a reason for the balancing of the fleets. But with the tactical ship combat in Master Orion 2, you could be up against an opponent that was technically superior to you with greater numbers, but if you fought the battle well, you could win. You could have ships that were much more manoeuvrable, like much faster, and had 360 degree firing arcs, for example, and you could constantly keep your ships out of the firing arc of, of their ships and just dance around them and cut them to pieces. Now the combat in Master Orion, uh, the reboot, is real time, so there's just no time for any of these decisions. It just runs and the AI basically just shoots all its guns at it, and it's just, it's just a numerical who's got better guns game now. There's no, there's no strategy to it at all. And when it comes to the research, there's no point researching, say, anti-missile rockets, because I know they're very missile-heavy and I better... You know, it just doesn't really matter anywhere as near as much. Like I said, I'm disappointed. I feel like I've missed the point. I mean, it is early access, so many, many things will change. It was compelling enough for me to play, obviously, a whole campaign start to finish. But that's because I really liked Master Ryan 2. I was really, really hoping for a worthy successor. But yeah, they've just changed so many things. Even the way the galaxy map works, there are star lanes. You have to follow particular links. I guess tactically it could make the game more interesting because it means that there are forced choke points. But again, that's not how the game. That's not how the game worked. I mean, I'm complaining so much. I should just make my own remake of Master Ryan Two. No one's managed to do it. Yeah, no one's managed to make anything that quite captures it. Okay. How old is Master Ryan 2? Old. 90s. 90s. Okay. I think it got 95 in PC Gamer, if that entices you to try it. No. (laughs) I feel weird. I feel, like, drowsy. It's because we drank freaking caramel macchiatos from Starbucks as, like, uh, we've been talking about it all week. (laughs) so sad so sad we were like oh let's use some of our calorie budget yeah i think we were like full of beans like we were just really hyped up on sugar and caffeine and it's all wearing off and now we're just like oh what do we do with our lives what's wrong with my life why are we here why do you want people talk to do people really want to listen to us yeah lord knows all this okay so you're gonna make your own remake fine Answer to everything, really. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many games. There's making... Well, I think to change the scale, you've got super hot. Someone's come up with something new. This is amazing. And then on the other side, there's the nostalgia of let's remake something. Think how good it was back then. Think what we could do with that now. Are there many mechanics in play with Master of Iron 3? 3? 2. Were there? Is it a complicated game? Because most games from the 90s weren't that complicated if you think back to them. They were just designed really well, but there wasn't that many overlapping systems to worry about. Uh, if you want to talk, me to talk about how much I enjoyed Master of Orion 2, there were a load of systems that I just didn't really pay attention to. Like the diplomacy, I was kind of meh about. The spying, I was very like, didn't give a shit. But... 
there's the high level strategy of planning your empire and colonizing planets and what to build on those. And then there's the tactical space combat. And those two just mesh together really, really well because if you had just the tactical space combat, how do you balance it? How do you decide what is fair for each side to have? Games have kind of tried to do this since. I mean, there's things like gratuitous space battles, for example, where you design a load of ships and they fight against each other. But even that's not tactical turn-based. I think, I think there's the assumption these days that people don't have the patience for a tactical turn-based game anymore. I mean, even that's why the new XCOM is so streamlined compared to the old one. But I'm just going to say, they're wrong. I mean, look at how well Fire Emblem is doing, for example. That's a tactical turn-based game. You know, people like to be able to think. People like the, the deep decisions that come from complicated systems. And the tactical combat in Master Iron 2 was, was very clever. Your ships had firing arcs. You could put, say, a laser cannon in your ship, and it would take up, I don't know, arbitrary, like, five space units but it would only fire straight forward. And if you wanted to, you could make it fire 360 degrees around your ship, but then it would take up, say, 10 space units. And there were trade-offs like that you had to make. Do I want to make it so that I can always shoot the enemy no matter where they are? Or 90% of the time they're going to be in front of me, so it's fine. I'll take the space saving and have it shoot only forward, and I can fit twice as many laser cannons on. So there were loads of decisions like that. Or missiles. Missiles do a lot of damage, but they need to be reloaded. How many reloads do I have? I can make it so I can fire a salvo of 100 missiles once. Or I can have a salvo of 10 missiles 10 times. You can't change the target of a missile after it's been fired. So if I know that I'm up against an enemy that's way superior to me with massive ships, I'm going to want to fire 100 missiles once. But if they've got loads of little ships, then those 100 missiles, well, that was a really bad tactical decision because I'm going to massively overkill one ship and now I'm dead in the water. So there are all these really clever decisions you had to make while building your ships. And then you would take those ships into combat and have to play with them like a game of like a game of chess. And you had to look at your ship design and the enemy's ship design and figure out the best way to execute the battle. And then beyond that, what tactical options do you have to put on your ships? Do you have laser cannons? Do you have graviton beams? Do you have all these different kinds of missiles? And even special systems like teleporters or black hole generators or stasis fields. That was what the strategic portion of the game was about. You had to make your empire, you had to have the ability to construct the ships, you had to have research to develop new systems. And you could really go all in on industrial capability, say, and you'd be able to make loads of ships, but they might be really crappy. Or you could go really heavy on research and you wouldn't have time or capacity to build more than a handful of ships, but those ships might be awesome. So it was a really, really good game for people who like sci-fi. I really loved it. If you'd asked me to name my top 10 games of all time, it would be on there. And I was really hoping for a a worthy successor. But yeah, even this, I feel like they missed the point. Maybe we should do our top 10 games of all time next time or soon. Yeah, right. I'll have to think about it because I've played a lot of games since then. Just to make sure it'll be on that list. So how about XCOM 2? XCOM 2 is the sequel to a remake, which already had some fairly brutal streamlining. I think XCOM 2... The plot of XCOM 2 fits better with the streamlining of the mechanics they did for XCOM 1. It's almost like XCOM 2 is the game they should have made first. 
Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I enjoyed X. I did enjoy XCOM, the remake. I've enjoyed XCOM 2, this sequel to the remake as well. But they're not really the same as the old XCOMs. In the old XCOMs, there's a lot more agency for you as the player. You are building XCOM, you're choosing where to build bases, you're choosing where to build interceptors. UFOs happen and you have to go and shoot them down. And there are times when you have to react to things, but there's still a lot that's on you. On the remakes, really, it's 90% reactive. Just events happen and you have to deal with them. And they are essentially just telling a story. It's not like you are making the story of the invasion because the game is these interlocking mechanics and the story is just naturally how you've responded to them. It's very much... Now this story mission is going to happen and you have to deal with it. Which is fun, but it's not the same. I did still enjoy it. I thought it was a good game. They've added this stealth mechanic to make it feel less cheap, the way the aliens function. In the remakes in XCOM 1, the aliens just always know where you are all the time, which is a bit ridiculous. There's agency to the player, which is the aliens can't move until you've seen them. Weirdly. So there are like pods of aliens, and as soon as you bring them into line of sight, the aliens get a free move. And the stealth mechanic that they've added in XCOM 2 is that when you're in stealth mode at the start of the mission, you can see the aliens without them getting their free move. They just will go about as like a preset patrol route. But yeah, it is slightly ridiculous because once you're not in stealth mode, or the whole of XCOM, the first remake, there's almost an incentive for you to not discover the aliens. If you discover the aliens at the very start of your turn, good, you can react to them and they'll get a free move, but then you can shoot at them. If you discover the aliens as the very last soldier on your turn, then you're fucked because the aliens get a free move and then they just shoot at you on your turn and you had there was nothing you could do because you've already used up your turn. So mechanically, yeah, it's not a bad game, but again, it's just different to the first XCOMs, like the original XCOMs. And presumably it's in the name of streamlining and simplification. You don't have to keep track of time units. You explicitly can move twice or shoot once. Or move and then shoot, but you can't shoot and then move. You can't move and then move. You can move and then move, or you can move and then shoot. But as soon as you shoot, your turn ends. So if you shoot first, then you can't move. Okay. That's just the way the new XCOM games work. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't really make logical sense. Are you constrained by number of turns? A lot of missions, there's a hard time limit, so you must finish the mission in eight turns, or you lose. Okay. Yeah, which is very different to the old games, where they encourage you to be cautious. And then there's the balance here, because I guess you could be very, very cautious. You could put everyone on Overwatch and move one person to reveal a bit of fog of war. But to try and discourage you from being so super cautious, they, they have these turn limits on there. I mean, it does make for a much more dynamic game, but... It's not the same kind of game as, you know, the old ones. Yeah, not there's anything wrong with it. I mean, it's a fun game. I did play it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was quite clever, the story this time around, that the initial starting point of the story is that you lost the war the first time, which does make more sense that superpowered aliens would, would win. And now it's like a guerrilla war campaign. I mean, it still doesn't make much sense because your base is like a big floating ship and surely someone would spot that and shoot it down. But, you know, they've got to make a game out of it. XCOM's always been slightly ridiculous. You're a super powerful 
international organization but you can only send six soldiers at a time so yeah it was good but again like i wouldn't force you to play it i don't think you'd like it as an example of something that's been streamlined you don't think it's been overly streamlined do you think that's ever possible yes oh yeah for sure it's weird actually i mean this is like just a general trend in games that has changed over the past few years as well I don't know about you, or I don't know if it's just me or if it is just a general change in the games industry, and I think it is a change. There's the expectation now that if you play a game, you will win. XCOM 2. I found it quite surprising at first because it started out really, really hard. I was actually quite close to losing at one point. There's like this countdown time of this thing called the Avatar Project, and if it ever maxes out, you just instantly lose the game. And it got within one or two chunks of being maximised before I finally managed to do a load of missions to lower the Doom countdown. And similarly, like, my weapons were rubbish. I was losing quite a lot of soldiers in every mission. I saw an interview with Jake Solomon, the lead designer of XCOM 2, and they were saying that the, the balance, they actually changed it at the last minute, and that's why it turned out so hard to begin with. I mean, once I got over the hump, it became way, way easier, and suddenly I was just wrecking everything. But yeah, at one point I thought I was actually going to have to lose and start again. And then thinking back, the old XCOM games, how many times did I actually have to start again before I had a successful game of XCOM that I actually finished? Probably dozens of times. In fact, I don't think I ever successfully finished Terror from the Deep, which is the original sequel to the original XCOM. So, I mean, games were just much harder back then. And from a design perspective, much more cruel and punishing and i i can't remember what the original question was <laughs> what was the original question oh do i think it's been too streamlined i think the streamlining of games to make them more accessible has allowed it to be the case that you will win first time in the olden days the games were mechanically much deeper but there was also just so much to learn that it was unavoidable that you would make mistakes that you would not be able to recover from the first time. So, yeah, streamlining. Can you be too streamlined? I don't know. We've, we've hit a balance right now. I do wonder whether there's going to be a backlash and people are going to start making more complicated games again. It's interesting to see... I mean, this is, I'm just going all over the place here, but I'm thinking... Yep. If you think a few years ago, people were saying, oh, the PC is dead, the PC games industry is dead. And now the PC games industry is bigger than the console industry again thanks to you know steam and then think about it microsoft's recent announcement with the xbox that pcs windows 10 can play xbox games sort of i mean it's it's not completely clear what they're saying but that's kind of what they're saying gears of war ultimate got released on windows 10 forza what's it forza apex or forza yeah forza 6 apex yeah it's coming out as it quantum break as well will be coming out So I do wonder whether we'll see more complicated PC games coming in again. And invade the console space. I I don't know. I don't know whether it will come the other way. Or whether these things are cyclical. Like, I think the original XCOM did get released on PlayStation. That's interesting. Uh, That may make sense. (laughs) What? (laughs) What was that? It's like a click. I don't know, it's just some random noise to close. Sorry, I've just been, I've been, I've gone mad today. 
I've got mad today. I'm full of like, I'm full of like anger, and then I'm like spent, and I'm just full of like, uh, I don't know. I was gonna say ennui, but I don't know if that's really the right word. I'm full of pretentious words. I was gonna say changes in game design, yeah, over the past twenty, thirty years, because very recently we had twentieth anniversary of Pokemon and the thirtieth anniversary of Zelda. And you dug out and pointed out that there's more. Yeah, we don't need to say them all, though. Oh. I can't remember the exact... So, goodness knows about the exact dates, but... Final Fantasy? Yeah. It's going to be 30 years very soon? Yeah, oh, I don't have exact dates. I just put years down. Mario was relatively recently, like a few years back. Oh, Metroid and Metal Gear as well. Yeah, but Metroid doesn't get many releases, so I don't know if it really counts, because Other M was the last one, and then they've got this... Oh, I don't even know what the, the new 3DS one is called. Yeah, Nintendo's weird like that. Like, they just fixate on a few franchises, and then Metroid has been massively neglected for years now. Star Fox, they're trying to bring it back, but that was neglected for ages as well. Like, they hand them off to third-party developers or second-string developers. Every now and then, something amazing happens, like Metro Prime. I get the impression Metroid never sold well in Japan. Yeah, maybe that's why. And for all its fans, it just doesn't sell big numbers. You're right. And that's the thing. People who like it really like it. And people who don't just don't give it two shits. Is it probably the same for F-Zero? Yeah, I don't give two shits for F-Zero. Yeah. <laughs> It's a racing game. I don't get it. Do you like F-Zero? No, not really. The other one, did did you say Metal Gear just now? Yeah, I said Metal Gear just now. Yeah. But Metal Gear... Metal Gear's changed a lot. I think so. <laughs> the only thing I know about the old Metal Gears were those retrospectives thanks to game trailers. Yeah. Poor game trailers. Yeah. So... Yeah, did we have we talked about game trailers? Did we talk about game trailers last time? No, but I don't think there's much to say about game trailers yeah. other than we don't know why it's imploded. I assume it just wasn't making any money. Yeah, so we even we don't know what people want. Yeah, actually, it's very true. Actually, very fitting. I really liked game trailers. I got to say, but I guess the ad revenue from me watching it is obviously not <laughs> significant. I think because we're coming from Hong Kong, sometimes I wouldn't get served ads. That's probably true. Didn't know what ads to serve me. Have you you haven't played any of the Pokemon games? No. Because we're kind of slightly too old. We kind of just missed it. I have played the Pokemon games instantly. This is like admitting I read the Twilight books. I did play the Pokemon games and I watched the Pokemon anime. This is why I'm a strange person. But No, uh, I don't do that. <laughs> cut that out. Cut right, that out. It's a reminder for you to cut out the strange person bit. Cut that out, but I was about to do the poker rap. Do it <laughs> I'm not gonna do the poker app. But I do know the poker app. We'll put it in here. Gotta catch him all, gotta catch him all. Yeah, it was, uh, Pokemon was great. I did enjoy Pokemon. I weirdly learned about Pokemon from, like, my 10-year-old cousin or something who came over and was visiting and had Pokemon on his Game Boy. So he was 10. He was 10, so he was the appropriate age. And you were? Like, 16 or something. That's fine. <laughs> and I was like, this game looks amazing, I'm gonna buy it. And I bought myself, I bought myself a copy of Pokemon Red. Was and that on GBA or SP? No, 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 GB, GB, like the black and white green screen Game Boy, like the old, old Game Boy. That's late 90s. Okay. 
yeah and uh another guy at my school who i used to play diablo with actually bought pokemon blue so there were the two of us playing pokemon <laughs> but that was it i kind of after that i did feel just too old to play pokemon yeah i didn't really own any of the subsequent ones gold silver i actually i have played a bit of each of them thanks to emulation but i haven't really ever seriously played them since uh, i haven't certainly haven't finished any since the first one i think they did get really good I heard gold and silver are a testament to the elite programming skills of Satoru Iwata because they were having trouble fitting the whole game onto the cartridge and he came in one weekend and had a look at it and wrote some amazing compression scheme that then freed up so much space on the cartridge that they were able to fit in the entirety of the Pokemon Red and Blue game map as well. And that's why Pokemon Gold and Silver was so huge because they had the whole new area and the old area too thanks to his amazing, amazing coding skills. So Gold and Silver were like a high point of the series, and then it's just carried on since then. I'm trying to remember what the other ones are. Uh, Ruby and Sapphire, Diamond and Pearl, X and Y, Black and White, Fire Red, Leaf Green, Heart Gold, Soul Silver. There's just so many of them. Yeah, sounds like a lot now. There's like absolutely boatloads of Pokemon games, and there's Sun and Moon coming out imminently. And they're all fully 3D now too. But you're not, you're not excited for them. Are you going to go back in? Uh, I doubt it. I mean, I don't think... I think it's just strange playing Pokemon at this point. Oh, actually, I say that. I might just... You never know. You never know. But I'm not really using... I do own a 3DS, but I'm not really using it. People dress up as furries. Stranger things in this world. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah. It's more that... Pokemon's a big time investment. It takes up... It's, it's another, like, 60 to 80 hour game. And I've just got other things to play. Uh, the other thing is, you see, I don't think Pokemon has changed that much mechanically. I think the core game mechanic of Pokemon is as compelling now as it was back then, which is battle monsters, catch monsters. It's a really good core game mechanic, but I don't think it's changed much. What's the pull? What's the draw? Is it the story? Is it the... It's got to catch them all. We could, there's a lot of things you could catch, but you... There's no draw to catching them. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't know if it's changed now as well because Got to Catch Them All kind of made sense when they were 150. I think there's over 700 Pokemon now. I can't conceive of how you could realistically catch 700-ish Pokemon. I, th- I think the draw is like the playground thing of as well. Like, oh, my, my Pokemon are stronger than yours. Let's have a battle. And that's what you're missing out by not being a 10-year-old and playing Pokemon, you know? That's true. And that's why I'm saying I don't think it's worth it like just playing Pokemon as a solitary experience. It's it's fun, but I don't think it's going to be dramatically different from when I played it before. So Pokemon Go is going to bring that playground space back to all of us? <laughs> maybe, or maybe not. I reckon Pokemon Go is going to be like Pokemon-themed ingress. I'd like to be proven wrong. Yeah, but what are you going to do? Have portals as Pokemon? No, you're right. There probably will be something like Pikachu will spawn in this park or something and you'll have to go to that park if you want to catch a Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that'll be it. And then at home, do you just battle them? Yeah, probably. That might be it. Or maybe you have to battle in person. Seriously. And if so, no one's going to fucking play it. Yeah. Unless you're like in the playground. Yeah. I bet the only thing you can catch in Hong Kong is coughing. Psych. <laughs> what? Don't make that face at me. I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> well, okay. We were saying what's changed over the past 30 years. Donkey Kong and Mario 
massively different. Well, actually, I feel well, like that's come full circle. It's come full circle. Yeah, you. So they've introduced a meta almost around it. All. Well, we talked about it last time actually the N64 platformer. Like I said, my favorite Mario game was Mario 64. That to me, I just love the exploration. I love the mystery, trying to get the stars and like the open world. And I didn't really catch on to the idea, or it didn't really click for me that during the N64 era, this was the predominant 3D platform game design because Super Mario 3D World and 3D Land on the 3DS, they kind of play the same way. They're, they're much more linear. There's a start and an end to the level. There's not like trying to find the stars. And even Super Mario Galaxy, which is kind of more like Super Mario 64, is still very much the stars at the end of this zone get there. It's not just like the kind of more sandbox gameplay that you got from Super Mario 64. But then I realised that the reason I'm saying this is because I haven't played Banjo-Kazooie. And I think Banjo-Kazooie is the pinnacle of this really, isn't it? It's just that I missed it. I don't know. Because you missed it too. Yes. Great. So we should clearly both play Banjo-Kazooie. Okay. At some point. And then also looking back then, is Sunshine a better game than it people thought it was back then? Yeah, I worry. I wonder about that. Actually, I was thinking I should try and go back and play Sunshine again. Because people didn't like it at the time. They were like, oh, this is not Mario. I've got a jetpack. But actually, Super Mario Sunshine is all about the exploration, isn't it? I think it was quite hard as well, wasn't it? Trucking hard. Yeah. Did you play it? I played it and I finished it. I didn't have a GameCube and my sister had a GameCube. So I did actually play it one university summer holiday and finish it. I don't think I got 120 stars though. So you had all these frustrating Mario's a pinball and you fire him through this pinball machine, but you had to somehow nudge the thing or nudge him because you had to hit eight red coins to get the star. Oh, that was painful. But then, okay, let's go back to the 2D ones. Something that Nintendo have done really well is the move from 2D to 3D. Yes, they they managed to bring Mario from 2D to 3D better than basically anything else. What made the transition... Well, okay, you're right. I'm being hyperbolic. It's not better than anything else. But better than any other platform game, I'd say. Like, Sonic's transition to 3D was awful. Did you play it? I've played a few of them, but I've never bought any because they've just... None of them have really interested me. Then again, I didn't own a Sega Dream... Uh, I never owned a Genesis... So I probably am not as hyped for Sonic as a long-time Sega fan. Yeah, but I, I don't feel that the mechanics of Sonic translated well to the to 3D. I mean, I think the Sonic games are just a joke now, aren't they? They're just so glitchy and ludicrous, and there's a human falling in love with an anthropomorphic hedgehog. Yes. Yeah, um, it's all falling apart. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Hashtag furry. And then what are the other... 2D platformers have transitioned Prince of Persia. I, I was thinking, well, Metroid, Metroid Prime. Yeah. That actually kind of worked, but it's, it was almost a surprise that it worked as well as it did, I think. Castlevania, I think, did not transition well. Though I heard Lord of Shadows is not... I heard Lords of Shadow is not terrible. Okay. But then again, I guess it depends on what you consider to be Castlevania, because there's the Castlevania action games, and then there's the Metroidvania... Symphony of the Night style Castlevanias. It has to be that Symphony of the Night Castlevanias. Yeah, for me, Symphony of the Night is... That was where the series went and should and should continue to go. But again, I think that they're ones that people really loved them, but they didn't sell well after a while. 
maybe let's go for a bit of background. I mean, you, you've played 2D Metroid, you've played 2D Mario, you've played... 2D Zelda's? Oh, yeah, okay, let's say 2D Zelda whilst we're here. And I've only joined these franchises at the 3D stage, really. So when I talk about 2D Mario, I really talk about what I think a 2D Mario is from a 3D perspective. Same for Zelda and same for Metroid. Yeah, it's true. I forget. So you're going to have a very different perspective on it to me. I don't know what to say then. <laughs> so either what, we, what, what are we talking about? Remaking, streamlining, and sort of the evolution of game design, right? That's the ultimate sort of thing we're looking at here. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it's your chance to say 2D to 3D, streamline, remake, discuss, really. Yeah, I think I could talk about this all day, but I think it's a lot of the points I already said, which is the, you know, the expectation that you're going to win the the level of depth you're expecting mechanically. That, I think, again, that's more on the PC side. I guess on the console side, console games, there's always been the... Well, actually, there's no, that's not true, is it? Either there's the, what they called it, Nintendo Hard, wasn't it? Like, games that were so hard that you would not expect to finish them. But do you think from the transition, from, you know, the transition from 2D to 3D, were games streamlined? Yeah, I and I don't think they were. I think they just changed. I think the streamlining is actually a more recent thing. I mean, it's almost, yeah, we had the transition from 2D to 3D. And then in the last decade, you know, that so that was like from 30 to 20 years ago. And then like in the last 10 years, we've had this relentless streamlining of games. Or dumbing down, depending on what you want to call it. Do you think it's fair to call it dumbing down? Is it fair to call it dumbing down? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. People say dumbing down. Dumbing down just elicits a much more emotional response. Yep. The people who are making these design changes always call it streamlining and the people, the angry fanboys, always call it dumbing down. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, we're talking about the same phenomenon and it's just which side of the fence you happen to fall down on. Can we talk about Super Metroid? Because you love Super Metroid. You really do. So how does that compare to Metroid Prime? But I would say that this is the 2D, 3D transition rather than the streamlining, streamlining transition. But they are just so radically mechanically different. Have they evolved for the better or for the worse? Maybe that's what I really want to ask you. I actually don't think you can compare. I think they're actually totally different games. I think that Metroid Prime was a very good implementation of Metroid in 3D. It captured the important bits of it without, well, without dumbing it down then, if you want to go that way. If you think Metroid Prime, was it Bounty Hunters or whatever, it was a, the DS one. If Metroid had, if they had just made Metroid a generic FPS, that would have been a dumbing down of it. Definitely. I mean, for example, actually, XCOM. I've mentioned XCOM, you know, the original UFO Defense and Terror from the Deep. But before the recent remake of XCOM, there were actually several other XCOM games as well. Well, there's XCOM Apocalypse, which is another actually very deep and interesting strategy game or tactical game. And that one actually is real time, surprisingly. 
And I wouldn't say that was dumbed down. It's just radically different from the first two. But then there were ones that were really dumbed down, like XCOM Enforcer, which was just like an action shooter game that they just slapped the XCOM brand on. I mean, that was really dumbed down. And if you were trying to transition Metroid from 2D to 3D, yeah, they could have, they could have just made it an FPS. Maybe, maybe that wouldn't necessarily have been a bad thing, depending on how you did it. If you think about how good Goldeneye is, what if they made Goldeneye but with a Metroid theme? That could have been cool. But it would have been a different game. Yeah, it would have been a very different game. Yeah, but then you haven't played Super Metroid, have you? So I've seen a lot of Super Metroid now. Yeah, you have, because I forced you to watch it, at least, even if you haven't played it. But I've not played it. Yeah, I don't know how much of this is just nostalgia as well. You've not picked it up since? I haven't tried playing it for a long time, it's true. I don't know how many of these games I, even I'd enjoy now. See, that's what I want to hear. For example, Axiom Verge. Yes. You know what? I have no desire to play Axiom Verge. Okay. Everyone's raving about it, and they're saying like it's a love letter to Metroid. But yeah, I have absolutely no desire to play Axiom Verge. It just looks like a painful grind. Okay. But then again, I have watched a Let's Play of Axiom Verge, and I enjoyed watching the Let's Play, weirdly. Has, do you think this has always been the case, or you've just been hanging around me too much? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's getting old. I think I've made you softer. <sighs> yeah, I've lost my edge. I've lost my edge by hanging around dull, blunt, ting-ting. Nah, I'm kidding. I was losing my edge already. But you think you can't revert or reverse that? You can't be sharpened again, if you will. It's all self-inflicted. It's a matter of... Well, I can only speak for myself, but for me, it's a matter of the time it takes. The time it takes to get good at one of these things. The time it takes to play. Playing a game with the expectation that you are going to lose and you're going to have to play it over and over and over again until you finally figure it out and get that one good run. I'm just so aware that how much time do I have? I have a lot more time to play games than most people of our age because I have no dependence. You can say yeah. I'm just like a crazy cat person with no cats and games are my cats. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just TMI. Yeah, so and even I feel like this because I guess I'm at, I'm at work all the time. Goodness knows how other people feel who have other concerns, other draws on their time. I guess they just have to wind it down. Which is a shame. You can say there's only so many hours in the day. There's only so many years in your life. This is the thing. This is like descending into infinite melancholy now. Boom. This is like for the, the moment where you... The answer smashes you in the face. <laughs> what? Yeah, you're right. Fuck this. I'm going to go and do something else. I feel like I've overshot here. I feel like I've overshot because I haven't mentioned Zelda at all. No, I'm going to bring it up now. And actually, I think Zelda was the only thing we wanted to talk about as a wonderful segue into... Do you want to talk about Zelda? The transition from 2D to 3D, has it evolved? I have played Zelda's 1, 2, 3, and then the 3D ones as well. Zelda 1 and 2, everyone says they're great. I don't know if it's just hyperbole, if it was a time and place thing. I don't think I ever finished Zelda 1 as a kid. I definitely didn't finish Zelda 2 as a kid. Except by cheating, actually. I think I finished it with the Game Genie one time. Zelda 3 I definitely finished, the intended way. I did really enjoy Zelda 3. Uh, Zelda 3 is the first time I would say that it's a game that still holds up in the modern day. And then Ocarina of Time, the transition to 3D, 
That's the first one you've played. Yes. I had an N64. I wasn't actually that bothered about it to begin with. But then I don't know what happened. Then I suddenly got really hyped up just before release. And I remember me and a friend both queuing outside. It wasn't virtual games, actually. Some other game shop in Reading. Blasphemy. Uh, blasphemy, yeah. Oh, and I should mention, I discovered virtual games are still open. Which excites me. I should actually, I might have to make a sort of random trip to Bracknell next time I'm back in England to have a look. You should see if they're on Twitter and then somehow tell them you're mentioned. I'm amazed you're still open 20 years later. I'm coming back. Yeah. But no, this was some other game shop in Reading. And I think we called up, I think we just called up a load of places and asked them if they had copies of Zelda that hadn't been pre-reserved. And they did. We showed up like at 8 a.m on a Saturday and queued outside to get a copy of Zelda because it was just sold out everywhere. Back in the days when physical cartridges had limited supply. Were you old enough to go out on your own? Yes, you were. Yes, this is like secondary school. It was fine. Did you have a gold cart? No, it was grey. <laughs> I can't remember, actually. I can't remember. I have to try and look at it in my random photos of my indie game stuff. So where is A Link to the Past? Is that Zelda something? Link to the Past is Zelda 3. So Ocarina of Time is effectively Zelda 4. And don't ask where they come chronologically, because that's this insane... Have you seen the Zelda timeline that they retconned in? No, I've not seen the timeline. I know there's a lot of hoo-ha about building the timeline. Yeah, it's insane. There are forks in it. It's mental. There had to be forks, really. That was a revelation, though, when that came out. That was an amazing game. So many surprises. So many good surprises in that game. So many times when you think, oh, they couldn't have done that, but then they did. And they did this as well. Like, it just goes so much, it goes further than you would think. I mean, you played as well. Yes. What did you think? It's hard for me because I don't know what a 2D Zelda is comprised of, what it consists of. I don't know what I should have expected. So it was all new to me. And therefore, when you come in with no expectation, it's much easier to be impressed by it all. Do you know what I mean? I actually don't think the whole 2D, 3D transition matters. I think I think there are things you can do in 3D that you can't do in 2D. Is it a case that Nintendo have done the transition so well, you take it all for granted? Yes, that's probably what it is. They've managed to move every aspect, or they've managed to identify every aspect in the 2D game and managed to move it across into the 3D version or iteration of it. That's probably hitting the nail on the head there, because my comment earlier about these remakes, where I feel like they've missed the point, they've missed out the thing that made the first game special, the first game so good. And yeah, the 2D to 3D Zelda transition, they've captured everything that was important. The game plays totally differently, but all the things that actually mattered are in there. Going back to my experience, it's different because it's my first experience of a action-adventure game. I've never played anything where you start from zero and you build up your inventory, build up your skills, your abilities, build up your character into something that's all, yeah, all-powerful, not literally. And then you have this massive journey that you go on. That's something that's very foreign to me. So there's already there's that novelty. 
Whereas you, you could, for someone like you, you could say it's very derivative, actually. No, I think that experience of growing in power and going from being from nothing to amazing, that is the key thing in a lot of these games. I mean, I would say, I mean, that is in Castlevania in Symphony of the Night onwards. That is in Super Metroid. That's really what I'm trying to point to. I mean, that's in XCOM as well. When your soldiers go from being rookies with machine guns to power armoured, plasma cannon welding, flying, you know, amazing super soldiers. All these games, I think that is the core mechanic, the power curve, when you go from nothing to amazing. And it's just how they present that curve to you. I mean, this is obviously not all games. But certainly action-adventure games where there's development of the skills of your character. Again, I'd say, oh, you should try playing a 2D one. I mean, I think it would be really interesting for you to try playing one of the 2D ones. But given that you've never really played... So you never really played any 2D games, I guess. Not really, Mario. Yeah, and the thing is, it's actually quite an interesting point because with 2D games, is it just the nostalgia or is there something there? Do 2D games exist because they have a value and there are things you can do in 2D that you can't do in 3D, a reason to exist all of their own, or do they only exist because of the resource constraints of the platform? Because 2D had a brief resurgence because of phones, but now phones can do 3D. And does that mean the door is shut on 2D again? There are two places I want to go now, but I don't know where to go, so I'll, let, I'll leave it to you. Either we continue down the Zelda route and continue the franchise, or we go to Mario Maker. I think we should talk about like 2D, 3D another time. I think there's like a whole other thing we should talk about, and Mario Maker. Okay, fine. I don't know, and I think we should just close up on Zelda, and particularly on... Majora's Mask. Boom! Be- because... This is my book club choice. Yeah, so we're done with The Witness. We are done with The Witness, yes. And so it's your choice. And I've gone with Majora's Mask. So tell us why you picked Majora's Mask. Because it's the... I, I want to I build up some grandiose story that has... Which justifies my position as a gamer, but just Metacritic says I should. <laughs> Basically. Let's be honest. I wanted to say some bullshit about Twilight Princess was coming back. I wanted to play, revisit the older Zeldas, and I had I'd finished Ocarina of Time only two years ago. I had borrowed Majora's Mask originally from my friend, but the save system is so painful that I found that as a I, I felt that was like a bottle, like an obstacle for me. But with the power of new platforms. You can save state. And actually makes things very much easier. And also, there was a re-release last year on the 3DS, and I did think about buying a 3DS for it. But why, why buy a 3DS just for one game? I'm going to say this is classic ting. I'm playing it because Metacritic told me to. I'm also going to say, I own a 3DS that I bought for one game. I bought the 3DS to play the new top-down Zelda, A Link Between Worlds, which is finally enough another Zelda game. I actually, I actually bought it just for that one game, but I've actually now bought Majora's Mask on the 3DS. 
uh, and I'm going to play that version. I did actually own it on the N64. Funnily enough, I actually had to borrow my friend's N64 to play it because it needs the expansion pack and I didn't have one. So I bought Majora's Mask and actually borrowed my friend's N64 in order to play it. You only needed the expansion pack. You didn't need to take the whole... Yeah, but it was easy just to give me the whole N64 at that point because he wasn't using it. I borrowed his N64. I borrowed Perfect Dark actually as well. And I bought myself Majora's Mask. Yeah, what can I say? Classic ting. I, you know, I don't need to bullshit you anymore. And there's no point hiding. The case of the beauty of 3DS is if you just close the clamshell, it'll save the state. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. It'll just go to sleep. Perfect, right. Yeah, but I, you can also just save it anywhere on the 3DS version. Really? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Have you tried it yet? No, I haven't tried it yet. I installed the update last night, but I haven't, I haven't actually started the game yet. Because A Link Between Worlds won't have 3D. A Link Between Worlds is actually in a 3D engine, but it's a pseudo... Obviously, it's like the top-down 2D style. No, that's not what I mean. Does it make use of the 3DS 3D? Oh, yeah, yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah, everything on the 3DS does. Oh, okay. So this won't, there won't be any novelty. There won't be there. any 3D. I actually generally play with the 3D turned off. I think it's better on the new 3DSs. I think they've got some eye-tracking thing to adjust the parallax barrier so that the illusion doesn't break. But on the 3DS I've got... You have to hold it at a very particular angle, at a very particular distance. And the brightness also is not so good when it's in 3D mode. So I just generally play with 3D turned off. Okay. Yeah, I, I turn it on every now and then for the novelty. And then I remember, like, oh yeah, this is why I turn it off. And I turn it off again. Mm-hmm. So when I played this originally, I made it to the start of the first dungeon, but I never got beyond that. Because with the freaking dungeon, you have to do it in one go. I think you really have to do that because there are no owls yeah you really have to do it well that's it that's the reason yeah and i remember this actually being an issue like i remember getting to a dungeon and it being like halfway through day two and being thinking oh geez there's no point even starting this i may as well restart a new cycle and get back here again we should probably say a little bit about the mechanics of majora's mask because it's a really it's a really interesting game i think there's a question about what makes something a worthy sequel i mean we talked about again i was talking about sequels and remakes majora's mask is barely a reskin it's using most of the same assets and models it's using a lot of the same character models and just making them new characters but mechanically the game is very very different i mean the basics of controlling your character and fighting everything sure that's the same but the core game is totally totally different you've got three days to save the world at the end of the three days the world ends but you've got the ocarina of time so you can reset back to the start of those three days and during that time loop you've got to figure out what you need to do to save the world and the only things that carry over from one loop to the next are what your sword i think and the masks yep is there anything else i think that's it so you can store rupees with the banker and he'll hold on to them for you and your songs your ocarina songs will always be there for you that's it so it's pretty clever. Certainly on console, one of the first examples of people having a daily routine that they go through, and you get a notebook that tells you everyone's routine, or everyone who's of significance, their routine. So you'll know that this person will go to the washing pool on day two at 10am and do something, and you've got an opportunity to go there and give them this something else that will advance their storyline. And there's all these different stories that you, you can follow up on and all these people you have to try and make happy. 
it plays really differently from Ocarina of Time, despite being almost the same visually. But it definitely deserves its place as a standalone title. It's, you know, it's the first time they did something radically different with Zelda. Uh, radically different in tone. And, yeah, if you think about it, most of the Zelda games have been following the same kind of overall game structure. Usually there's, what, I'm going to say eight, but sometimes there's fewer dungeons. And you get these items and you eventually unlock the final dungeon and the final fight with Ganon. And, yeah, this one really is quite different. I mean, there's only four dungeons, which I think surprised you. Yes, it did. But there's so many other things to do, and it's it's the other things that are that are just as interesting as the dungeons. And they turned it around in one to two years. I wish they would do that again <laughs> more regularly. Yeah, not it, all the time, but yeah, it's a bold and experimental game from from Nintendo. It, it's really unusual that they use one of their core franchises in such a different way. And I don't think there's really been anything like it since. I think it makes it, makes it makes it very worthy as a book club game. Yeah, so I'm very interested to see what you think. Uh, if other people have played it, or want to hear what you think, it would be great. Please. Please. You're going to stream it? You have been streaming it from time to time, and I've been dicking on your Twitch streaming skills. Unprofessional. Unprofessionalism. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you can't just start the stream and stop it 10 minutes later. What's up with your voice audio? Get a what, better headset. What headset are you using? This sounds like ass. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, start falling off the fucking plank ting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm being a pretentious jerk bag. Fine. Okay, we're done. We're done. I'm going to go and sit down in a quiet room and think about what I've done. I don't know. I'm having a weird... I'm. In... What have you done? Have you killed someone? Have you done something illegal? No, nothing really. I'm just in a weird mood today. I feel slightly mad. I feel slightly manic. Do you want to head out, get some fresh air? Uh, after we copy the podcast to my machine, maybe I should do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice weather today. Yeah. And I need to phone my mum because it's Mother's Day. Oh, shit. I should phone my mum. Yeah. And she'll be like, Mother's Day is until... Because your mother follows American Mother's Day. But she doesn't. She doesn't? No. Oh, well, man. I just... When I... When my sister messages me to tell me I've forgotten, I'll say I follow <laughs> Hong Kong stroke US Mother's Day now. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll forget that too. <laughs> yeah. At least there are reminders for that out here. Wait, is your mummy in Hong Kong? Yes, she is. She's going to be like, Ayah, where are you? Ayah. Why you no visit me? Why you no visit me? <laughs> I would say to say it in Cantonese, but I don't trust myself to say it. Okay. Why you? What's, what is why you? Dim ma. No, di- oh, fuck. Dim guy. Dim guy. That's why. Lay. Mm. I was thinking lay, but that's like to come... Over. What's the, what's the word for visit? Tam. Tam. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay. Cantonese club. You can say gin like see. Oh, yeah. You can say gin as well. You know that. Okay, so why don't you say... Okay, so what's the complete sentence, Ting? Ding hua lim lui gin ho ge. Oh, ge. Hey, it's a random... Yeah. <laughs> Partic- particle. Particle, sorry. Particle. Particle yeah. cannon. Ge, 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 ge. Sorry. That's quite fast. I like that. Anyway, Cantonese club is over. Rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. No, we were Lost Levels Club. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Hopefully we'll still be Lost Levels Club for a few more years. Unless I have an episode 
and decide that no i'm gonna go and travel the world yeah let's say let's go go (laughs) travel the world you can get in touch with us on email mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club and twitter at Lost Levels Club. We're also on Reddit. Slash r slash Lost Levels Club. And I am not very good at Twitch, but Mike is. And Mike will try and stream Dang and Romper, I think. I bought a webcam, so you can you can see my reactions on Twitch. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not actually streaming anything at the moment. Can we do something? Oh, we can't do anything interesting. Like, we can't stream your reaction to my shitty... Oh, we totally can. We totally can. We can figure something out, yeah. <laughs> You'll have to do something like have a Skype video call to me and then I'll restream that. If you share your screen on Skype. That'd be so fucking funny. That might be quite funny. You'll have to we'll have to arrange it. Okay, we can arrange it. Yeah, we'll have to arrange it and see if anyone actually enjoys this. And then maybe because then you can have your little face in the corner from Skype and the screen and I have my face in the other corner. And I'll be like, Ting, Ting, sort your life out. Ting. Can, can I remote control your desktop over Skype? That'd be really funny. It'll be like, ting, give me the controller. Give me the control. You said I can still do it with 500 milliseconds of lag. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. That's it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.